Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN AM for Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022. And our top story today, inflation moderately pressures public pension liabilities. Well, joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Douglas Offerman is with Fitch Ratings. Douglas, so great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Jeff, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this is great. And, and many of our viewers know Fitch because you guys do a great job of you're one of the top rating agencies and you rate all sorts of companies and bonds, et cetera. You just came out with a analysis or what you guys call the Fitch Wire about the impact of inflation on public pension plans. First, I think we can suffice to say, I think we're all experiencing inflation here in the United States and abroad, high gas prices, high food prices. But how does inflation impact public pension plans just in general? Well, uh, you're right. We're all experiencing inflation and inflation is gradually feeding into all aspects of uh, the economy. That includes pension systems, uh, pension systems on the public sector side for state and local governments in the U.S. experience inflation in a number of different ways. Probably the way that we think of most commonly is through COLA mechanisms, automatic cost of living adjustments. Um, when we are seeing headline inflation in the 8 and 9% range, though, that's not necessarily feeding into pensions to the same degree via their COLA mechanisms. For the most part, uh, U.S. state and local pensions are experience, have have COLA caps in the two to three percent range per year. So retirees in, the, in those plans may not be seeing the dollar value of their benefits rising to the same degree as they're experiencing price inflation. And, and Doug, is this similar? You know, we hear a lot about Social Security and we've heard a lot about next year. Um, you know, there are many Americans, a lot of great Americans who have pensions, but there are some that are familiar with the 401k, maybe don't have the pension. But when it comes to Social Security, We've also been hearing that the cost of living adjustment for Social Security next year is going to be beyond anything that we've ever, at least in recent memory, experienced for 2023. Is, is it a very sim similar concept? Um, the, conceptually, there, there are many overlaps between what Social Security does and what public pensions do. However, at least on the state and local pension side, virtually all plans have a cap. Many have no COLA at all, though, and that's important to keep in mind. So, for example, the state of New Jersey, if you're a retiree for the state of New Jersey, there's no COLA. Uh, until those pension systems reach a certain funded ratio, and that's years mm -hmm. away. So, um, so there's no single way that you can you can say that um, inflation affects a specific plan because everyone every one of those plans is a, is determining its method of uh, preserving you know the buying power of retirees differently. Yeah, and, and that's really important. So, what, depending on the plan you're in, the state you live in, the locality. There are going to be all different sets of rules. 
just taking a step back, and I, I apologize because I probably should have asked you this before, but in general, before this market volatility and the inflation that we've seen growing and growing and growing, how were public pension plans doing from a funding perspective, um, even post-pandemic or during the pandemic? Right. Well, uh, you know, taking it back even a little further, I think many of us remember and certainly watched in the Great Recession a little over a decade ago, public pension plans really suffered a significant asset drop. And the reality was many didn't recover after that uh, in a in a manner that I think uh, they had recovered from prior recessions. And part of that, it, it the, the reasons behind that are complicated, but some of it was related to benefit increases uh, prior to the Great Recession. Some of it was related simply to the aging of the population overall and the growth of retiree numbers drawing benefits out of the plans. So I think we viewed pensions as being stable going into the pandemic, but not necessarily being recovered. Another key detail, though, is that plans were only very gradually shifting their own assumption to reflect asset growth that I think most economists would agree is simply going to be slower going forward as the economy, as the population ages and as productivity falls. Um, Fitch lowered its expectation for what pension assets could really grow at. We view pensions as likely to grow uh, only at about 6% a year over time and recognize that within that there's a lot of volatility as well that pensions have to absorb. So pensions were stable going into the pandemic. Uh, they experienced the same gigantic decline that markets saw in that spring of 2020, followed by the you know uh, equally uh, surprising uh, surge in asset values in 2021. Um, and then once again in 2022, I think we're seeing exactly what uh, we expected, which is um, uh, challenging asset conditions for pensions, just like for everyone with a 401k plan. So yeah. uh, they've been on a roller coaster. Um, that being and, and said, they're, they're relatively stable over time at this moment. Yeah, I mean, they're really... And you, you and the team at Fitch work with these individuals. There, there are teams of people uh, that surround all these pension funds, whether it's investments, whether it's the actuarial assumptions that go into all these things, whether it's writing the legislation. I mean, there's a, there's a whole cottage or village, I guess, just to quote a recent book. It takes a village, right? Uh, there's a village of people that are involved with this. I guess my, my last question before we go to a commercial break, let's, let's just talk about uh, the Federal Reserve and and not what they what they may do because that we don't know. I mean, we, we, I'm not in the know. Maybe maybe you are, but generally speaking, we don't know. But what could be some of the impact of the Fed decision, perhaps, to raise interest rates? Could that hurt funding levels further? What's the, what's the interconnection between the Fed taking action and potential funding levels of some of these pension plans? Right. Well, I, I would say first, just as on a note of caution, I'm not a monetary policy expert. Okay, but, me neither. Uh, to the extent that uh, that future increases in interest rates by the Fed uh, affects the asset values of um, what pensions hold, that's going to at least be a short-term negative for pensions. They'll see asset values decline. 
their funded ratios will fall with that. Granted, there's there's an actuarial process of cushioning that decline, but um, ultimately what will happen is the contributions from governments, state and local governments will have to go up. Um, that is a dynamic that is built into pensions, um, the goal of which is ultimately to cushion the impact on you know, budget makers and taxpayers ultimately. But um, to the extent that uh, the Federal Reserve's actions result in more stock market pain, more pain in general on the asset side, that will be felt by pensions in the form of lower funding. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Doug, as I said, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about public pension funding and what you need to know. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. this morning to Douglas Offerman of Fitch Ratings. Doug, thanks so much for sticking with us this morning. I'm glad to be here. Uh, we're glad to have you. This is a great topic. I, I love I'm such a pension nerd. I, I think this is so important. And really, it cuts to the heart of being a good citizen because a lot of us see, uh, for example, uh, pension obligation bonds on the, on the docket, um, more contributions, and it sometimes makes you scratch your head. So these types of conversations are really important. Uh, Doug, just kind of following up on our last segment, um, what's the likelihood that governments will have to shore up these pension funds, at least in the near term, 
with either more contributions or funding it through other things like a bond issuance, something like that? Sure. So in, in terms of contributions, ultimately, uh, governments are on the hook. The sponsoring and participating governments are on the hook for um, the way year-to-year -year economic dynamics affect a plan. Um, but there are fortunately mechanisms through the actuarial process, and I'm not an actuary, but there are mechanisms in the actuarial process that cushion that impact, that gradually layer in the impact of a bad year, for example, in the markets. The other good news piece, or uh, at least good influence, is that in the decade before the pandemic, a lot of uh, states and local governments and actuaries made changes to their pensions to put them on a path towards stronger funding. But that's over a multi-decade time frame. So to the extent that we see a recession in the coming year, that will certainly affect funded levels. Um, it will represent a setback, probably a temporary one, but it'll put upward pressure on contributions. Doug, one of the things that Fitch does, as I said at the outset of the interview, is you provide ratings. And there are other firms that do that, but you're one of the top rating agencies. And you, for example, will rate companies and uh, bond issuances and governments. And, and many times governments will um, issue bonds uh, to support pension or a general obligation bond, et cetera. How does this all connect? Um, without going too far into the weeds, how does something like a pension obligation and the pension funding level interrelate to these overall ratings for a government? Well, we, we think of uh, debt and pensions as essentially being equivalent obligations. So the debt that a government uses to pay for roads and bridges, school buildings, things like that, um, and the pensions that they have to support retirees to the extent that there are not assets set aside, we view those two liabilities as equivalent obligations and measure them together. Um, for the most part, at least at the state level, um, the, the liabilities, debt and pensions together, represent a pretty affordable level for uh, the typical state. But there are outliers. Illinois is one, uh, Connecticut and New Jersey, um, states where the liability, debt and pensions together, represents a relatively high share of personal income for a state. Um, the, the, the reality is that uh, over time, uh, you know, when uh, as long as you are paying an actuarial contribution and the actuarial calculations that support that contribution are conservative, chances are you're going to gradually make progress on improving funded ratios and lowering the liability. But, um, but it's something that's been a challenge for some states, a handful of states. Um, many states also are in relatively good shape uh, on their pensions. So um, it's very much a case-by-case -case story, uh, and it's very much tied into the way states manage their liabilities manage their employee relationships too, because at the end of the day, this is partly about the, the compensation package that is yes. uh, available for public sector workers. Yes. And it's an important benefit because it's what attracts uh, public sector workers like police, firefighter, emergency personnel, healthcare workers, the people that we were depending on during the pandemic. So there, there's definitely a juggling act and, and uh, kudos to everyone involved because they have to make 
very hard decisions oftentimes, and there's a lot of moving parts. I, I don't know how they do it. Well, Doug, we're going to leave it there. Great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to having you back on the program to share your perspective very soon. Thanks a lot, Jeff. I appreciate it. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more and all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, we'll visit our website and, of course, our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.